welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. Coming to you a day late because of, I guess, the new year. Seeing as that was the exact reason most yeah. of us pulled out. A day late and you back short. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, for, I already forgot what I'm supposed to wish you. Sorry, Alex. Shana uh, Tova. Yeah, Shana Tova, yes. And I feel bad because, yeah, I was at the rabbi's folks place yesterday so i should actually know <laughs> he's is dwight in the family yeah my wife's in the family her brother's one of the rabbis yeah in oh, okay so you married into the faith yeah i married into the faith except i didn't do the whole three-year conversion because she really doesn't care <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it. it was just a, a good excuse to eat max balls and have you, have you ever had cheese blintzes no i haven't had cheese blintzes you know what they are? No, but now I want to know. They're fucking amazing. So, um, it's basically ricotta with uh, cream cheese and uh, lemon zest. Oh, wow, and that sounds all, dope. Yeah, work together, but then it's rolled into a pancake. Oh, snap. Okay, that sounds dope. Yeah, and then you fry it up in, like, in butter. It's fucking amazing. Okay. No, that seems good. Yeah. I actually do want to try that. Yeah. I'll send you a message somewhere to to get them in town. Okay. I don't want to mention them because I've become accustomed to being sponsored for my for my tongue. Ah. Uh, and speaking of which, I believe you have something to say. Yes. So now that I've, we've got the formalities of the greeting out the way. Yeah. I'd just like to mention that support for Elite Rugby Banter is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped <laughs> offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. It's actually a cute rhyme, that. Manscaped okay. just launched in South Africa with a fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawn Mower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. They've done this four times already. And join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. So, you get 20% off with the code ELITEBANTER when you use it at checkout on at manscaped.com. So, just, a, just again, I just want to remind you guys, you get 20% off with the code ELITEBANTER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com and use the code elite banter unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped so this week i was yeah. i was hoping ben would be here because i think he's finally had a chance to use it himself and it would be yeah. nice for him to have a fresh a fresh opinion on this now i so yeah i i must admit i haven't used mine in the in the last week or so since we last called it um so i i can't offer a fresh take um but today while i was working i was like scratching my chin and i realized you know my stubble's grown out to a length that i'm no longer happy with uh and my first thought was you know because think i've got a fucking Man. like a decent set of clippers yeah no. um it makes a big difference i don't know yeah, clippers that don't know, because I mean, it's one of the things we've harped on is that those clippers, they don't, especially you now, you, you, one of the things you've harped on the hardest is that how these new clippers don't hurt when you when you use them at all compared to your old ones, which were essentially yeah. pulling out the hairs one by one. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what our <laughs> listenership is like. So, you know, obviously I can only speak from my perspective, but I mean, Matt, you, you're, you're a fellow, a fellow bear. Yeah. Um, you also... You know, have a quite rapid beard growth, um, yeah. and I, I don't know. If, I feel like a bit nerdy talking about it, but it really does make a difference. No, it really having does. Having a, a decent set of clippers. Look, I'm not, I'm not gonna try and blow smoke your ass. Like, if you're listening and you don't want to buy Manscaped, that's fine. Um, obviously, you know, people out there will have solutions to whatever you know beard growth they've got um so the, you know it's not like someone listening is gonna be like hey i could share my beard for the first time ever that's so weird um you know but fuck i feel like i've been stuck on the same set of shitty clippers for so long 
And yeah, even if you don't buy Manscaped, choose yourself to new sets of beers. Just fucking do it. It makes a big difference. I and obviously, if you do say, buy Manscaped, just use our fucking code. You get to it off. Exactly. It's worth it. And I really think it's worth it. Some of the other features we should mention quickly, there's wireless charging, which is just fun. Or when I say wireless, I mean you plug the charger into the wall, but it charges <laughs> wirely from the charger at least, which is, which is cool. It just looks nifty. Like... That's the, one of the things actually I want to point out is that the actual clipper as well looks pretty cool. Like it's, it's design aesthetics and not like other clippers just look like boring old clippers have for like the last 50 years. These yeah. is a nice little touch. If they are out on the bathroom shelf and someone pops over, they'll be impressed. They'll see the sleek design. They'll be like, this is a man. He's living in Blade Runner 2040. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll be the future. I, I like the aesthetics of the, of the, Clippers don't. I don't really give a fuck about that. Um, I agree that the Manscaped clippers look great, but for me, yeah, I pack them away. I don't put mine in the shelf. Look, mine not in my bedside cabinet anyway, as well. So just that's where I had space yeah, exactly, for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. So personally, I don't care about the look. I care about the functionality. But if you do care about the look, then yeah, by all means, I can go get a set of these clippers. Also, have you tried the? That old man ear yeah, nose hair clipper yet? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I was jigger probably. I have. Did um, it tickle the first time you shoved it in your nose? Yes. You went too gingerly. I've realized now you've actually just got to like go for it. Like you it's got to it's a COVID test. Yeah, you, you got, you got, you've basically got to COVID test it because if you just sort of like eh, 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 at your nose, it ends up you tickling and laughing and sneezing and that. But if you just go for it, it's fine. Yeah. So okay. Well, just, just the heads up. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to cross the line to overshare. But last time, I picked my nose. Quite a lot of a lot of uh, nose hair came out. No, that's and good. It was very sore. So, if you if you like me, then try that. Yeah, go for that. Clip back, and then you don't look like such an old man. It sort of takes years off your life just trimming out these wild nose hairs growing out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, we can talk about rugby, I believe. Um. No, let's rather not talk about rugby. Let's talk about. The new 12s tournament, which I refuse yeah. to call rugby. <laughs> we, yeah, some weird... <laughs> also, where does 12s? What three players were they cutting out, out of curiosity? I, okay, I probably so, should be able to answer that, because I should have looked at the details of the competition they're proposing, yeah. but I really don't give a fuck. Yeah, so... Because it is such a stupid idea. It's, it's literally like, I mean, this league minus one person... Yeah. Or seven plus six people, or five people, say, two of them less. I don't know if that's the trick, by the way. Um, but I don't know. Like, who is. If, if 12 is the answer, then what is the question? The question is no mm-hmm. scrums, obviously. But then just go to fucking. Sevens. Or, or sevens, league. yeah. Like, there's. Or watch a different sport. Like, there are so many codes. Of sport out there, I can't believe there's a, a market of viewers that have been waiting for this. I refuse to believe that. Well, this they, they're confident because they reckon they're going to bring in 250 million with the financial stimulus yeah, in the next well, five years, and they so the setup is somehow they're going to have. Uh, Let's, let's see they want to try and somehow contract 192 of the world's best male players from tier 1 and tier 2 nations to represent 8 different franchise teams that will be hosted in England across 3 concurrent that doesn't make sense it's consecutive right because 3 concurrent weekends or 3 weekends somehow running simultaneously so not only have they worked out that there are 3 less players in the field but they've also learned how, how to fault time <laughs> which I think is the, far, which is the, I think where they're look, bearing if, the lead. I will okay. I'm gonna say it now. If they play this tournament in multiverse, I will watch. Yeah. If somehow we're playing three weekends in a row on the same weekend somehow, then yes. definitely I'm in. So then I'm in. Yeah. Fuck it. I'll take I'll take back everything they I said. Yeah. So this is all set to take place sort of a year from now, August September. So obviously they picked the dates of the weekends, but they'll all happen on the same weekend. Um, how do how do they expect to like attract 
players for this because each franchise need needs to feel 24 players which is which they're essentially going to via auction sorry not draft auction so they're going to auction players and so it's like the IPL yeah so they're going to auction players and to stir interest or help sorry help boost development of the global game each franchise is also required to select at least two players from tier two nations out of 24 there's only two need to become from tw tier two nations i mean fuck try harder and yeah. as well as one international under 20s player so out of 24 players out of a squad of 24 they only actually are like ha hamstrung for three of them like why if, if you're an untrendy player why how why would you do this? So this, I don't know, this looks like it's supposed to be like somehow you're going to be able to get out of your co off contract and be able to do this for like over two, essentially whatever, a couple of weeks boot camp and then let's say the three weekends. So like a month. So somehow they want people to, they're going to pay for players out of con to sort of be out of contract for like a month and a half for quite a heavy schedule because over those three weekends they have to play round robin so I'm assuming shortened games and so forth as well, so, something along the lines of a sevens tournament and still play knockouts. This is just not going to work. I don't, I don't see any... And the like, woman... Why would you even do this? Like, if you have the money to run this competition, just, why not just buy a... A club or something. Yeah, like a club in, like in America. Oh, yeah, just like push. The, like the guillotines like or the Hawaii, australian definitely needed it yeah but like like what's happened with guillotines you, yeah. you have a rich guy come along you invest in a franchise you use your money to lure a couple of big names like matt Gidon, ashton cooper and just usually there's like a sandbox like you just fuck around like yeah and like, just make the best social media content and just make a rabid fan base in a year yeah like Pretty I think much. they've they sold they've played in that LA Coliseum they sold it out for their finals in their first year of existing. Yeah. Like I know I the whole thing. Like, like as much as I hate the name of the the name Guiltinis I think they've yeah. they've they won at creating yeah, a the rugby brand, franchise. Yeah. Like yeah. they won at creating a franchise. Yeah. But this is the thing. This is where I get lost with the whole twelve side thing, is that both from a supply and demand perspective. It doesn't make sense. No, definitely. Because, I mean, yeah, um, it's something we're going to bring up later, but, I mean, rugby fans are not fans of, you know, new rules. And yeah. I think we're going to discuss, I thought we'd discuss that a bit later when we look at the game, when new rules, one of them being, like, the the fervor we saw this weekend over the 20-minute red card. So, but we'll discuss that later, but I'm just sort of as a point to highlight that rugby fans don't like new rules and 12 aside definitely is going to, 12 aside is going to look like league. It's not going to look like rugby because what did set pieces look like anymore and all that? I told myself I was going to say one word on this or not one word, one sentence. I was going to say, fuck this, super let's move on. Yeah. And now you tricked me into having a full on rant. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry to rant whisper you. Um, speaking of people who are notorious for their rants, this is actually an excellent segue. Eddie Jones <laughs> oh, has, hit, has hit out against Rassi. Has, has criticized Rassi Erasmus and said he was being absolutely disrespectful to the referee. <laughs> like, the only man, I think, who, who's less qualified to make that statement is checker and so like <laughs> well at the same time it's kind of like a send a thief to catch the thief yeah so i mean thing. i do want to say this in jones's defense jones has always hit out against refs post-match emotions are high he's most probably buzzing from a bit of adrenaline rassi sat down and was very methodical like the dif there's a difference in approach between the two of them the ones are hot-headed the other one yeah. is a methodical shithouser of epic proportions. Yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah, I think, yeah, Jones just, yeah, I just wanted to mention, Jones hit out against Rassi. And one of the other things he said is that this should actually be dealt with quickly. And funnily enough, we still actually don't know what's going on. All we know is that the disciplinary hearings are currently ongoing. There's nothing to report there still. 
like they started yeah. last week and i think <clears> last week rassi even took to twitter so obviously they were going well in opening statements for him but i mean like maybe i'm wrong but isn't this just a question of fact yeah look because yeah if one counts with is that well i don't know not maybe not everyone but from their perspective if one in the panel probably agrees that he ought not to bad mouth the world rugby and the ref. Yeah. But he's saying it was not intended to go public. Yeah, he's saying he wasn't the one who leaked it, someone else leaked yeah. it. So basically it's just it was probably just heaps of fucking technical like logs and so forth to prove where like the chain of ownership for this video to find out who the last link in the chain was that ended up on Vimeo. Okay, so yeah. I don't know, I feel like it should be like a day's inquiry at most no definitely but yeah they definitely are stretching it out which i think because it's taking so long i almost want to say world rugby's stalling because they actually can't hit him with anything yeah i feel they way too like not to not to speculate too much on the on on the way the legal minds work but yeah, yeah. i feel like on some such a simple yes no but if they're taking this so long matt we are legal minds yeah, no fair. Like, like a steel trap. Exactly. But one that hasn't been triggered yet. No, I'm still waiting. <laughs> Coiled. I've rusted open, actually, so you could quite safely step on it. It's fine. Any, any general. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's move on. I thought I'd do a little coaches chat segment here while we were busy. So a couple of two other small pieces of news popped out from the yeah. Southern Hemisphere. And the second one being that Blues coach Leon McDonald has re-signed with the Blues okay. for up until 2023. He's extended his contract with them. But, Just, uh, so didn't uh, didn't um, Umaga leave? I think is Umaga gone? Uh, Donald took over the reins. Playing Scott off the field. I'm trying to see now. Um, I don't know if he might have. Did he go? Because I know he was once attack coach, eh? And yeah, I thought I thought so. News about Umanga leaving. Yeah, Tana will be sorely missed. Yeah, I think he is off. Okay. Yeah. Shame. It's a pity. It's a pity because yeah, I do like Tana and I do like the. I was hoping that he might. Oh, but I suppose for him to have gone head coach back down to attack coach, I don't think. He was gonna. It would have been right. Like I don't think, sort of psychologically, it would have been good for him to go back up to head coach again, in the same yeah. in the same franchise. I mean, I'm not saying it's not right for him to go to head coach anywhere else. I reckon he could make it long term somewhere else, maybe. But yeah, I think yeah. to stay within that structure might be a bit of a. Yeah, I think I think it's a pretty good point. Like, yeah, I think you know, go somewhere maybe a smaller. Yeah. And do do a bit of time as a head coach there. Yeah. Maybe an Australian franchise. Oh, I wouldn't give that small. Not that small. Oh, well, shit. No. Um, you've just shat all over Brad Thorne, who's also re-signed this week for another two-year extension on his contract. Sorry, Brad. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Brad Thorne's contract extension also has one or two pundits mentioning just sneakily that the timing seems to be quite interesting because as well it's another what's up with these two year i suppose it's super rugby two year deals aren't foreign it's the head coach it's the national coaches that should be signing four year deals not two year deals um so yeah thorn's two year deal sort of leaves him open so to 2023 so should the all the wallabies see themselves fit after the world cup looking for a new head coach maybe one of their best super rugby coaches might step up mm. maybe brad thorne but yeah i mean i don't know the australians always got vocal about wanting an australian yeah, tell them but, what have they got currently no exactly but yeah yeah no. yeah no i'm teasing um no i think it's more just like more just like people just like twirling mustaches at like a, co- a coincidence of dates lining up more than anything else yeah no, I reckon, yeah, Thorne even said he doesn't, ne- he didn't necessarily think of himself as a career coach either, which is weird, getting a job yeah. as, as a super rugby coach. 
also not consider yourself then a career coach like what is you... it like a like a gap year for him yeah like, like coaching like just end up staying in, in like south korea yeah exactly <laughs> he's just like one of those guys who like end up running a like a an airbnb or a, like and... one of the oh yeah backpackers with a, like a bar the friend yeah like, well, like, got in, likes. like some and weird like... import export company with like his friend who stayed in sa and like they just ship stuff back and forth constantly yeah it's like the 22 guy, 22 year old guy that hangs out with like 18 year old chicks all the time. Yeah, no, which is yeah, which kind of tracks because I think Queensland are going to start getting new players and Brad's just about 40. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Brad says he wouldn't consider jumping up to national level until he can actually consistently beat New Zealand sides that, or the Reds rather, can beat. New Zealand sides at Super Rugby, which, oh, is, well, which is a fair. It's good to know that he's never going to play for international international coach. Yeah, so he has given it thought, but he's like, he's not. He personally doesn't think he's quite there, seeing as his side that he's currently coaching can't beat the best in the world. So he doesn't think he can take the step up. That's pretty smart actually, because if you are beating New Zealand sides consistently, yeah. then you must have like really good players. Yeah. Which means coaching Australia would be quite easy. Yeah, because then you just take that side that you've now developed. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool, this is now Queensland Wallabies. Exactly. And like, you know, what are the All Blacks can do? So like, from all the pressures, no one would be that stupid. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, see how that develops over years, because I do actually kind of like what the Reds have been doing for the last while. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I actually think first side I think there is a pretty good chance of you know challenging maybe not the Crusaders but teams uh, like the Blues and the and the Chiefs and, oh no, yeah the Chiefs. Chiefs Highlanders definitely actually Chef, the Highlanders yeah I would expect the Reds to beat the Highlanders like seeing as they what they signed Marty Banks as replacement for Iwani leaving now yeah so yeah um I think one or two pieces of news left Speaking of administrative shit shows like Marty Banks getting signed for Iwani, um, I don't know if we can, we didn't cover this last week as far as I remember, but I don't think it came up last week. It was this week still. And that is that Saru has pretty much pulled the plug on Western Province Rugby Football Union, saying, which seems to be the next step towards them sort of taking over and placing VPRFU under administration. So, in a letter that I don't know how it leaked or how it got to Rugby 365 or into the press, they pretty much leveled a lot of accusations like directly at Zoltan, Zolt Marais and one or two others, but pretty much Zolt Marais. And mm. yeah, they, their key takeaway is just a lack of transparency and sort of, yeah, lack of transparency and just a desire to actually openly communicate with Saru. So Saru was like, sorry, we can't actually deal with this. We can't work under these conditions. So yeah, we're going to pull pull out our support. And then the next step, if they do wish to go further, is to yeah, uh, draw, uh, pfft, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Place them under administration. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, what's it to say about, like, we're surprised said. Yeah. Like, uh, they're just terrible. It's just ongoing, ongoing drama. And I think another shot to the Western Province kneecaps is Toyota the Blitz announcing that they've signed an incredible mm-hmm. lock and, an inc- and a pretty decent flank lock combination player in Patrick Tui-Pilatu and Peter Steph de Toy. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a lot of both those players are actually pretty decent to pull into any side and for sure yeah I'm, I'm impressed yeah also only a year fuck I thought Tui Pilato was a lot older it's only a year yeah uh, no shit he's a year younger than Peter Steff oh really yeah born in 92 and born in 93 wow okay yeah fuck I didn't realize that yeah I really thought Tui Pilato was old well, I thought he was like over 30. I mean, how old is he? Like 28? 28, yeah. Wow, that's kind of impressive. This is this is Eddie Fouchier all over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. 
Maori di Fisher. Yeah, speaking of, actually, the Lions have also announced that based on their excellent performance during the Curry Cup season, they've got sort of season season long loans from the Pumas for the following players Morgan Nordier, Eddie Fouchier, Matt Moore and Sorry, I'm I'm eating tumbles. Uh, I try to mute myself for that hang up on mistake. No stress. Okay. Sorry. So yeah, um let's carry on then. So yeah, I don't know if so you heard do you heard the names, right? I heard up to Matt Moore. Matt Moore, and I think it's Janse van Vieren is the last one. Uh, which has van Vieren? Uh, Peter, sorry. The okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, those are all pretty good uh, software players. I mean, Eddie Fischer, probably the most high profile. Yeah, and I think fly half is much probably where the Lions need someone what, with losing Giant Chief. Because he's still yeah. in France, right? He's not coming back from France for you, I see. I think, yeah, he's with Powell still. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who the... So they've got Zeilinger. Zeilinger is nine. Sorry? Yeah, Zeilinger would be scrum off though, isn't he? No, no, Fred Zeilinger, he's a fly. Is he fly? Sorry. No, yeah. and then I'm losing my mind. And, uh, and Jordan, Jordan Hendrickson. So... Those are the only options at the moment. Yeah, I think for sure is not a bad shot, especially if you're trying an experimental United Rugby Championship draft tournament this season. And you're basically going to draft on names you recognize. Yeah. And I guess it should be a great signing. Massive signing. But yeah. one of the few good options under Flyoff, as far as I'm concerned right yeah. now. Because apparently, what, as you've... I think controversially placed in your dream team for the Stormers at this point is Tim Sweel. So it's not a dream team. Okay, I so, know. No, okay, so dream is dreams are so the ideal starting side for URC. I'm assuming, based well, on current resources. I mean, ideally we'd have fucking Richie Munger, but yeah, based on current resources, I would prioritize spending elsewhere and keep Tim Sweel, Kate Volante. And uh, um, Abner Van Rien, uh those are the three guys I would line will fly. I mean, you know, getting someone like Eddie Pichon, like it's a bit of a sideways move from Pumas. from Tim Sweel, you know. Yeah. So like, you know, if if the if Province wanted to splash the cash a bit on players in the wake of Khaleesi, Imbadami, and Jatoa leaving, who's the best player they could realistically get? Like, maybe Chris Smith or someone? I don't know. Kerwin Bosch? Maybe, yeah, but like... Just take one over on the Sharks and take one of their players. Yeah. It'll be personal. It'll be a personal attack, not an actual strategic one. You, you, like, you buy him and then you, you don't play him. You play him at 15. Just watch yeah. him cry for its season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Anyway, going back to the last signings, I think those are all pretty solid. Yeah. And yeah. I actually look forward to them actually hopefully getting some game time as well during the URC. Yeah, for sure. Because I think as many of these guys that we can blood I guess is the right word especially when we go touring up north in the northern hemisphere I think long term for the Springboks is actually a good idea not that you know, none of these guys are necessarily in the Springbok chat right now or anything but I think just that northern hemisphere experience might just build up and reserves in the right direction for us if worst case scenario starts to happen I don't think any of these guys will play box let one dream. Let one dream. Don't shut on your dreams yet. Okay, so... Eddie Fushier might be old, but Monet Stan's still playing. That's true. He's still got, like, 15 years to make. Yeah, exactly. Except I must probably... Monet Stan must probably looked at him and says, Worm. <laughs> like his own parents probably looking at that Worm. Yeah, no, true. His dad must probably treats him with deference. He's like, ah, oh, sir, sorry. <laughs> um... 
let's speaking of all speaking of treating each other with deference let's mm. look at the curry cup fixtures from this weekend did you i think did you miss or did you get a chance to watch any of these sorry i don't know if it's more um yeah i did i did watch the semis okay good because um, i missed out on them so it was a long time ago so let me so saturday i've got them out so saturday was yeah. sharks at home against the Griquas and I don't know if the score favours the Griquas or what, or the Sharks sort of went into this with like a half-assed side or what it is because it's 28-24 to the Sharks. So yeah. to only put the, the Griquas away by four points seems a bit out of out of place for a side that's technically so stacked. Yeah, I mean, I think the Sharks were missing quite a few guys. So obviously they're Springboks, but... Um... I'm just trying to find the lineups. Um, so, Bosch was at fullback, so pretty grumpy. Yeah. Um, I mean, Marius Lee even yeah. got a yellow card. Yeah, maybe that's why I was so close. No, but I mean, he got it, where did he get it? 69th minute. So, I mean, <laughs> all that happened after that was a try. Yeah. Uh, I see Whitehead picked up like one, two, three, four penalty goals within the first 20 minutes. So they were what, sitting 12 points up on the Sharks by 30 minutes. Yeah. So it was two tries to three. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the scoreboard flatters Cook with somewhat. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look. The Gook has gone to the semis by exactly this kind of result. Like they 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 pushed the top teams really hard. So I'm not too surprised. No, I'm glad, and uh, I'm glad that they got that far. Sort of, I'm yeah. upset that Province got there ahead of Pumas in the end. Yeah, I'm kind of sad about that as well. Just for the more less about the actual side and just more for the narrative, like to have those smaller teams. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Yeah, uh, province. I mean, oh, yeah, maybe let's, maybe let's move game. on to that game. Seeing as pro, yeah. so province also by the sounds of what I saw in the group chat, had no rights to be in that semi final the way they were playing in that semi final. Yeah. Well, they, they, so it took them a while to kind of wake up. Um, and that was all a trip for the Bulls. Like, if the team is good at the Bulls, you don't give them, like, 10 minutes to, like, run rampant. And by the, te- by the time the province came back into the game, yeah, it was actually too late. So if you look at the score, the Bulls won 48 points to 31. Yeah. And, I mean, the score of 31 points against Bulls at Loftus is... Not easy. No, not easy at all. So, I feel like if Province had just them as well as they, as they finished it, they actually might have had a chance here. Hmm. Um, I know it sounds stupid because they lost by 17 points, but yeah, it really like it was an early blitz by Bulls. But I mean, they and gave up 17 points within nine minutes. Exactly. The first nine minutes, actually. Exactly. I'm just if I do so, my maths properly now. Yeah. Yeah. So if they just kind of working up or started the game properly then I feel like they, they could have actually made the final but didn't so whatever so this is the how many final now like in like the last calendar year or since COVID essentially that we've had fucking bulls and sharks yeah and probably the bulls winning right yeah, yeah actually I kind of everything yeah they've won everything so far I, I kind of want because at this point the Sharks have been spending money more ridiculously than the Bulls so I kind of needed to pay off for the Sharks at this rate yeah they're kind of in a race with top like they're both like splashing cash because I remember like last year at this point when we were talking about the Curry Cup when it was the Sharks and the Bulls we were discussing the difference in like spending philosophies how the Bulls were just yeah. spending money wherever they fucking felt like and the Sharks had this like measured approach developing players long term like cashing in on yeah. junior players and so forth 
and yeah. yeah in the last 12 years since the rock nation money kicked in clearly they've just thrown caution to the wind and have yeah. adopted the bulls playbook at signing players yeah it turns out it wasn't much of philosophy it was rather the matter of uh just austerity yeah um which is fair enough i mean you've got money why not and to their credit like they bought guys like Khaleesi and Bongi who are part of their current box setup. Yeah, so, and also Khaleesi is signed to Rock Nation. Is Did Bongi got signed as well, didn't he? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think most of the guys in SA that they signed, they also signed to Rock Nation yeah. as well. And and uh, Fussy. And yeah, Fussy, who was already there, yeah, also got signed. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. So I've got like a bit more respect for that than the Bulls who have been like bringing guys back like Wilson on a board to the uh, uh I don't know like I feel like keeping the money in SA and I mean I've, I've just thought of it for the first time now but they've been investing in black talent yeah no that's the thing I think, I think is commendable yeah I think the only really I mean yeah they've signed buff, uh, who what what was it? it's Buffelli, hey? Argentinian. Oh no, they uh, they signed one of the flowers. Um Oh uh, Bon Bonicia. Bonicia, yeah. Not Buffelli. Yeah. I knew it was a Bach name. If they signed Buffelli, that would be fucking That would be heat, but they don't need him because yeah. that's another fucking wing. Yeah. 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 Alright. Yeah, so Should move on. Let's move on to the last match of what is essentially the third week of the rugby championship round two mm-hmm. and that's Australia versus New Zealand and Bledisloe three and uh, not to spoil it but New Zealand took it three nothing and managed to beat Australia 38-21 in mm-hmm. they were still where did they play Queensland this one well uh, was Queensland but I mean uh, Red yeah. Suncorp was it Suncorp? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. And it's yeah. it's, it's not important. Yeah. But yeah. So, did you... I watched this game with half an eye on it. I just couldn't get into it. I had it on on Sunday morning. I was on the couch with it like right in my face. I just couldn't get into this game. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily a terrible game. But it was just... I just couldn't get into it. No, I also like watch it when I... Uh, it wasn't a great game, to be honest. I don't know, there was something about it that was just pretty disjointed. Um, yeah. 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 So let's let's start yeah, then with what we alluded to earlier. And I don't think it needs to be battered, because I think everyone seems to have the right consensus, and that Geordie Barrett definitely did. Or Jordy Barrett's red card should have been a red card, whether he deserved it or not. It's a different story, like the unintentional and all that. But his actions were red cardable actions. Yeah, I think is the way you need to phrase it. Well, not everyone agrees on that, but but that's the thing. A lot of people are like, "Oh no, he was steadying himself." That's the argument that I've heard yeah. that he was sort of putting out his leg to balance himself. I don't know if you watch but, it again, like. He's, he really like straight to that leg. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like you don't. Also, to balance yourself, you don't ba- you don't need to put your leg out. Like as long as the upper leg's moving and like you're balancing out, you don't need to stretch. Because you, how are you gonna land with your legs out like that, extended out like that? Yeah. Like you've got to land know. with your leg bent so that you can put your leg down again. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like I, I can I can understand like there's a certain degree of like, like involuntary, yeah, like just involuntary movement that goes into jumping and landing, obviously. Um, like, you know, it's a, it's an impressive part of the game. But first of all, I distinctly remember being told in high school to jump with your knees out in front of you. Yeah. Uh, so that if you, if someone tried to attack you, they can knee to the face or to the chest which is more likely given I couldn't jump that high. But, um, and secondly, just watching it, like that did not look like a fully involuntary movement of a leg. 
No, not at all, which is sad. But yeah, then... Yeah. Also, my favorite were the ones that said um, Karimbete somehow was playing Barrett in the air. I don't know. Some people said that, like, sarcastically. And yeah. some people were definitely experienced. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I think they're like one or two, like, Kiwi diehards who are like, no, no, Karimbete definitely played him in the air. Which yeah. is... I mean, Barrett's a tall chap, and if Barrett's whole leg was straight between Karim Betty and himself, Karim Betty's yeah. arms are nowhere near that long. No, and, and you know, the way I see it and the way that some people have spotted it out on social media, um, Karim Betty was basically on track to hit Barrett as he came down. Yeah. So his time was actually perfect. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but for the fucking leg in the face, or the foot in the face, if Barrett had landed organically, Corby would have put a huge hit in and probably tackled him just as he hit the ground. So, yeah, but anyway, so, look, if you if you watch the game, or if you see an highlight, you probably got an opinion on whether it ought to be a red card or not. Um, I find it unlikely that if someone is listening to the podcast will be able to change their opinion. But for me, a boot to the face in almost any situation has to be read. Unless it's like totally involuntary. And yeah, I mean, I tweeted earlier this week about, you know, about in, uh, intention and uh, the various degrees of intention. And I think that Barrett intentionally put his his leg out, but I don't think he intentionally made contact with Karimbete's face. But it's enough that he he jumped the ball and put his leg out on purpose. So yeah, I I don't think there's any way out at that point. Like you have to give a red card. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I would. 100% agree that it has to be a, like by letter of the law and what we always say you apply is that yeah. by letter of the law and it's by letter of the law a red card and exactly, yeah. yeah so the next can of worms from that is the 20 minute red card rule yeah so I know you're opposed to it I I am opposed to it but I understand the arguments for it yeah so I, think, I don't I don't think it's a solution to the issue. Yeah. The so, problem at the moment is that the red card rule covers a wide range of offenses. Yeah. Some of which uh, are worthy of the player being like excluded from the match altogether. Um, and some of which are you know, it's, it's a bit harsh, but you know, coming at the low end of the red card, you're like right on the edge of yellow. But there's like this big jump up in in sanction. So I understand the logic behind saying why should you know uh let's say two yellows. Yeah. Um or I'm trying to think of a good example. So how about something along the lines of, so you want to create a hierarchy of red cards not create but like yeah. sort of a system where there's a hierarchy of red cards so let's say, let's take Barrett's red card so it is foul played is a red card a foul play red card move yeah but it's not I would I would argue it's not, it's not like a punch to the face yeah I agree so, so let's so let's look so let's look at it and exactly the same red card which is Nabura's one from what two years ago three years ago yeah against Waratahs yeah yeah so I would say Geordie's one falls in the 20 minute block and yes. Nabura's one falls in the whole match block because Nabura Nabura you could see he lined yeah. him up like he's, he's he, he made eye contact and extended his foot like he knew exactly what he was doing with his foot where he was putting his foot. Jordi, they were, it's less yeah. clear that he had an idea of where he was putting his foot. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've kind of dropped it on this issue. Like, pardon me, mm. 
feels like Jody, what Jody was like seriously dangerous. No, definitely. What he did was um, dangerous, so that's why it's a red card. And he's most probably not yeah. going to play this weekend. Yeah. But, okay, so on the one end of the spectrum, the lower end, let's say, you have the, like, the Sam Warburton tackle um, in the okay, yeah. 2015 uh, semifinal against France. Mm. Um, and the other end of the spectrum, you have like the Manu Tulagi punching Chris Ashton. During yeah. that, yeah, and yeah. like for me, it's I I agree that it's wrong to equate those two actions because you know something like punching deliberate foul play is much much worse than than like a tip tackle. Yeah, even though the latter is probably more dangerous, um, it's not like I don't believe that a you know, someone like Sam Morton or Jordan Barrett would go out of their way to commit that infringement. Yeah. It's bad judgment, it's bad timing, it's bad technique, whatever you would call it. So I understand the need to have a distinction, but shifting the... Because now, yeah, like, you, you have... You, you're still crediting the actions. You're just having a lower sanction. Yeah. So you haven't solved the problem, which is in my mind creating two vector factions. Yeah. So I agree with Ben what Ben said a few times, which is the orange card, um, which is basically what we're seeing now with the Reds, which where mm. the player goes off treatments and then can be replaced. That for me is is sufficient sanction for you know, a tip tackle or a kick to the face, even if accidental, well, especially if accidental, and a deliberate kick to the face, like the Nubrigger one, or someone like Ashton and two Luggy punch each other, that for me is a red card. Like, yeah. like we know, I'm not, you don't get to replace player. Why should a team replace Manu two Luggy after two minutes when he's just gone fucking ham on my position? And I understand, so one of the most common arguments that I've seen is why should a team be punished for individual bad judgment? So and, I, yeah, go for it. I was going to say, I think with the system you're discussing, where there is nuance as well in why the team should be punished. A team should be punished where one of your players thinks it's an excellent idea to rock the other guy's world with his fucking fist. Yeah. Whereas the team, whereas on the other end of that spectrum, like we're saying, Warburton's tackle, Geordie's kick, those aren't necessarily reflective, I think, on the team needing to be punished. Yeah. Okay, so let me... So this is my argument in response to that point. Not your point, sorry. The, yeah, yeah the, the team which, needing to be... Yeah, let's say that the ref had changed his mind and it wasn't a red card, it was a yellow card. Okay. And Jordy's just after him and sends back, right? Who gets punished in that situation? The team gets punished in that situation. They got paid 10 minutes with 14 men, right? If they, if the ref goes even more lenient and awards a simple penalty, who pays the price? Okay. No, yeah, you. Team's team still out. So, if Jory, let's say, knocks the ball on, who fares the price? In the that many situations, does, you know, I mean, they're probably, yeah, better most of the world. But in every situation in rugby, an individual error is punished by the whole team getting disadvantaged. Why should a red card, well, First of all, red card isn't indifferent, but also why it should it be indifferent? Like, I don't, I don't understand the logic behind people saying the team gets punished for individual bad judgments. That happens all the way throughout every level of every sanction. It's a team sport. That's our point. So I understand if you don't think the team should be punished disproportionately. 
but then that goes back to our, our proposal on the orange part. Yeah. Because then it's a question of proportionality. Yeah, and then there's also... And, yeah, so at the moment you go from, you know, a flash of arm to a long arm to yellow, and then there's quite a big jump to red. Yeah. So that's, in my mind, where the gap in the market is, so to speak. So there's something in between the yellow and the red, such as Jordy's gap, which ought to be put in place. So yeah. there's also... So there's an argument that I think ants the champion in this argument, and that is that timing of a red card also makes the impact of a red card have a massive effect on a game. So yeah. like this weekend where Jordi kicked him at 27 minutes, so they played essentially 50 minutes without at 14 men, if, that, if no. the original rule had stayed in place. And whereas, I mean, red cards tend to be later later in the match and players go off for less time then. So the idea of the 20 minute being just more of a uniformity of sanction, more less so than actual, you know, the actual punishment, but the punishment just sort of uniforms out at least over some sort of spectrum. Yeah, look, I mean, that that is true, but let's say you give the yellow in the last ten minutes. Yeah. You you won't miss ten minutes. You miss it's a seven. Minutes. Yeah. So it's he's not wrong. Um, and obviously with the with the red card that discrepancy is bigger. Yeah. Because you know if you commit a red offence in the first half. It's obviously very different to the last half. Um, whereas with the yellow, there's not as much variance because it only it only makes a difference in the last okay. ten minutes. Yeah. yeah. But so, yeah. it's one of those things that it's. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think we're going to solve it, but I just thought it'd be nice to actually because I don't think we've unpa- we've discussed it a couple of times, but I don't think we've actually unpacked every argument in one at once so, yeah. and that's what I was mostly doing now was just sort of pulling out every argument and looking at it yeah, yeah. No, fair, enough. fair enough yeah so I think yeah I think with that I think we can't call the issue buried but at least we can say we've highlighted most of it yeah because I think there is no solution just yet because I mean even the orange card no it, look even the orange card we're gonna, there's going to be so much on-field deliberation about whether it's an orange or a red that we're going yeah, to see or yellow or a yellow we're going to see so many fucking think pieces and so many so many more rassy videos about how this should have been a yellow orange or red sure sure so yeah. i think yeah it's interest. it's going to be an interesting one going forwards yeah all right speaking of interesting ones going forwards let's look at <laughs> next week and yeah. we've got more rugby after what felt like two weeks and nothing I mean we did have bloody three but it, almost this match didn't feel like it satiated much um, we've got round three of rugby championships next weekend which is kicking off on Sunday morning with New Zealand versus Argentina I think don't call it a curtain raiser you might upset the Argentinians show their country a bit of respect and yep. Although that was said by racists, so I don't know if I can do that meme anymore. Anyway, um, then following that, in maybe maybe this can be deemed the curtain closer. The main event and the curtain closer is South Africa versus Australia, which looks like we're the home team. Uh, yeah. Our names is, first. I think technically we're the hosts. Yeah. So I'm yeah. looking forward. I'm looking forward to our advert, uh, our sort of on-field sponsors at yeah. the sea bus super stadium yeah <laughs> i think we were playing uh australia the next game in suncorp i think uh, so obviously they've got suncorp for their home game exactly yeah Cla- classic australian yeah yeah, but, yeah. um so I think all black and let's not spend too much time on it and pick them by a good thirty points. 
Yeah. Um, Actually, yeah. No, I think the All Black game, Argentina, this is this is a beatable looking Argentine uh, All Black side. The Argentinians might actually. I don't think by th- I don't think by twenty. I think it'll be a bit closer than that. I, I don't know. I really felt like Argentina were gonna push the box, and then and they the fact that didn't. Yeah, I don't know. It's quite disappointing to me. Okay, no, fair enough. I hear you. But yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a little closer. But I don't know. What what can I say? I'm shit at Superbrew. I'm the worst. <laughs> no, I'm really bad here. I think I've got I've got an entire kitchen full of wooden spoons on Superbrew. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the next game is gonna be interesting because apparently we haven't won a game in Australia f- for the last five games. Yeah. Since like 2015. Yeah, we just we we've drawn one and lost four. And so. It- so Mitch Evans was was saying to me that he thinks Australia are clear favourite. Who's the, who in what, what who in Australia like Australian media? No, Mitch Mitch Evans. Personally, yeah, he right, thinks so. Rugby, rugby fixations of rugby fixation. For, former up, ruck I'm, inspector, because with a take like that, I don't know if I can allow him to inspect rucks with us. He's further. he's adamant. He, he's been unequivocal. Fuck is that a word? Unequivocal? Unequivocal, um, yeah. On the, on the, the Wallabies being clear favourite Did he watch the Lions Test series at all? I, I think he did. I think he's just that confident in the Wallabies. And, I mean, he How good does he think the New Ze- How good does he think the All Blacks are that they rolled them 3 nothing? No, I think, he, I think he believes that the Wallabies are, like, coming to their own. And, yeah. you know, the record that you just mentioned, the fact that we haven't won since 2013, it can't be overlooked. No, definitely, it can't be overlooked. That we And look, it's fair, like, we haven't won five games on a trot on the trot there. But, I mean, yeah. in those five games, we've won the Rugby Championship and the World Cup. And a Lions I'm going, tour. I'm going, with, I'm going with Mitch's instincts, and I'm saying Wallabies by five. Ooh, ooh. Okay, I'm going to back up Waitchies, and I'll most probably, even though I'm working from home on Friday, I'll most probably still wear my Springbok jersey to the office, i.e. Yeah. the desk in the corner of our dining room, and back the box by, also not by much though, because I think that they've, this is going to be our first sort of foray out, out of the country, which is actually something to consider, so... Let's say yeah. box by. F- I'm gonna go the op- opposite of you and box by five. Yeah, no, that's fair. I understand the reason. I just think Mitch Evans of Rugby Fixation Podcast has seldom been wrong before, and he is convinced that the Wallabies are the favourites. So, Should we mention what his Trans Tasman predictions were? Uh, I can't remember what they were. <laughs> they they weren't. They they were a lot more generous than lose thirteen out of fifteen games. Well, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah, no fair. Yeah. Yeah. Wallabies by ten. I'm I'm Ooh, a full a full try converted try. I like yeah, your I like try. your confidence. I like your yeah. confidence. It's not my confidence. It's it's Mitch's confidence and Wallabies confidence. And I think justifiably so. Uh no, I can't. Um, okay, you know what? I'm going to match you. Springboks okay. by 14. 14? Okay. Yeah. okay. I, no, it, it, this is too rich for my blood. You're going to tap out. You're calling it. I'm, yeah, <laughs> folding. I'm, folding, I'm folding a 7. Okay, no fair. So you heard it here first, folks. There's a 21-point difference between us. So between rugby fixation and ERB, because I'm not talking... On behalf of both Ben and Adam. Although Adam yes. loves an Australian, so I'm essentially talking on behalf of Ben. The other big yeah. fan of shit calls. Yeah. 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 We'll we'll see. We'll see. If, mean, if, if if we if you if you're right, then I think rugby fixation should do Charlotte to us. And if if Mitch is right and the one beats one by seven then we'll do a shower today. We'll have to work out how to like how to like get whatever the Australian version of deli- Mr. D- Mr. D and get them get him a humble pie somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you can find him. Yeah. 
Anyway, yeah, I think that just about covers everything. So, cool. yeah, Alex, thanks for joining me a day late and definitely, pleasure. definitely two two point two pounds short. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So everyone else, thank you for listening, and we'll be back hopefully normal time next week. And yeah, we'll see you then. Enjoy the rugby and remember, box by fourteen. Yeah, well, we'll oh. just pass him. Okay, no fair. I almost, I almost thought I tricked you. Okay. <laughs> cheers, guys. Nothing be- cheers, cheers. But yeah, nothing in between. <laughs>